Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. Did you know that Ron DeSantis supports slavery? Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, Ron DeSantis wants the school children in Florida to learn that Slavery was a good thing. You learned all kinds of cool skills from slavery. Now let's stop right there a minute. For all of you who are rational, does that make any sense to you? Does that sound like Ron DeSantis to you? See, Democrats can never actually run against their opponents. They have to lie about them and try and destroy them. Ron DeSantis doesn't believe slavery was a good thing. They had a committee of scholars who put together a very thorough course on slavery, among other things, and uh, led by African Americans, including two African Americans in particular. They didn't say that slavery was a good thing. What they said was, and essentially, as horrific as it was and as horrific as it is, people learned some skills that they were able to use later in life. That is what they're saying now is a pro-slavery statement by DeSantis and his government. There's over 190 bullets in this curriculum. I went through a number of them. It is the most thorough discussion of slavery I've ever seen. It doesn't make the United States look good. It's not pro-slavery. It doesn't... It doesn't play down slavery. Quite the contrary. It's in your face. It's very blunt. Here is Scott Jennings, CNN's senior political commentator on CNN yesterday. Cut 15, go. Well, it's amazing to me that how little Kamala Harris apparently has to do, that she can read something on Twitter one day and be on an airplane the next to make uh, something literally out of nothing. This is a completely made-up deal. I looked at the standards. I even looked at an analysis of the standards in every instance where the word slavery or slave was used. I even read the statement of the African-American scholars that wrote the standards, not Ron DeSantis, but the scholars. Everybody involved in this says this is completely a fabricated issue. And yet, look how quickly Kamala Harris jumped on it. So the fact that this is her best moment, a fabricated matter, is pretty ridiculous in my opinion. Because the Democrat Party cannot survive without racism. Anti-black racism through most of his history, anti-white racism today, and then they project on the Republicans what they and their party did to the country. And I write about this extensively in my new book.
So Eugene Robinson, who did not look at the standards, he's talking about normalizing a unique horror of slavery in Florida's curriculum. And a Navarro, who is a psychopath in two languages. She's on the view. She clearly didn't look at all the standards. She didn't look at anything. And she's trashing, screaming at DeSantis for whitewashing slavery. He did no such thing. And there are others. Of course, Kamala Harris trying to exploit it. Because Kamala Harris doesn't have anything. Certainly nothing substantive. And they turn to Kamala Harris, or maybe she turned to herself to try and exploit this, which is outrageous. So Florida has not done what they say Florida did. Ron DeSantis didn't write the standards. He appointed the people. There's nothing wrong with the standards if you go through and look at all of them, including this one, one of 192, and so this is a completely phony issue that they're trying to use to upset black Americans in this country to create a permanent smear on DeSantis. So this is what everybody thinks about when they hear his name. And this is what the Democrat Party does. Every fascistic and Marxist regime to ever exist on the face of the earth did what the Democrat Party has done. And so they've learned from them. Controlling the language, controlling the thought process. That's what this is about. Here she is, as an example. Cut 14. Go. Extremists pass book bans to prevent them from learning our true history. Book bans in this year of our Lord, 2023. And while they do this, Check it out. They push forward revisionist history. Just yesterday in the state of Florida, they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us and we will not stand for it. She's a nut. She's a race baiter. And I think enough of this country now has embraced race baiting that it's a problem. Everything she said is a lie. Was she fact-checked? By the New York Times or the Washington Post, did they fact-check her? Did they go in and look at all the standards? Including this one? And so... They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it? This is how she hopes to get votes? First of all, Harris, it's your party that enslaved black people. It's my party that led a civil war to free them. And it's my Republican presidents, Lincoln, Grant, among others, who did exactly that. And it's your party for a hundred years after the end of the Civil War, whether it's Plessy versus Ferguson, segregation, separate but equal is equal. It's your party that prevented black people from voting in the South with a variety of 
of obstacles created? Your party did that. My party opposed it. 1957, it was our president, Dwight Eisenhower, a Republican, who passed the 1957 Civil Rights Act. And it was your guy, Lyndon Johnson, who watered it down. In 1960, another Civil Rights Act passed, pushed by Eisenhower as well. Your guys watered down that one too, Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson wanted to take credit for being a civil rights leader while he was leading the Southerners in the Senate to water down these bills. 1964, the Civil Rights Act. Over 80% of the Republicans in the House and the Senate voted for it. 69% of the Democrats in the Senate voted for it. And he's percentage smaller than the Republicans voted for it in the House. Same with the 1965 Civil Rights Act. It's your party. That took the Grand Kegel of West Virginia, Bob Byrd, and made him the leader of your party in the Senate. Minority leader and majority leader. It's your president, Joe Biden, the man under whom you serve. The man to whom you are vice president of the United States. Who opposed integrating our public school system with blacks and whites. Calling it a jungle for his children. I don't even have to go back a hundred years. Your man did that. And you told us that so eloquently during the debates. But you're such a hack. You're such a power-hungry nothing. That when they offered you vice president, you could barely control yourself. That's the truth. They don't teach that in school, Anna Navarro, you moron. They don't teach that in school, do they, Gene Robinson, you clown? They don't teach any of that in our schools, do they? It was a Democrat who was president of the Confederacy. Surrounded by Democrat generals. Was a Democrat general during the Confederacy who, after the Civil War, formed the Ku Klux Klan. My Republican president, Ulysses S. Grant, sent the United States Army into the South to destroy the Klan and almost did. Your party, the Democrats, in the midterm elections took the House and cut off funding for the Army to go down South and finish the job. Anybody know that? Now you know it. How do you like me teaching history, Anna and Kamala? I'm not done. I'm not done. It's the Democrat Party that supported lynchings, including, including in their platforms. It's Franklin Roosevelt who had a bill put on his desk, a bipartisan bill, a federal law to outlaw lynching. He refused to sign it. That's your party. How about that history? And it was Joe Lewis who backed Wendell Wilkie for president, a Republican, against Franklin Roosevelt. And when he was asked why, he said, because Roosevelt won't stop lynching in this country, he refused to sign that bill. 
It was your party in 1936 that invited all the white members of the Olympic class to the White House, except one. A black man, you may have heard of him, Jesse Owens. Owens was asked about this in his biography, and he said, Hitler didn't snub me, I didn't even see Hitler. Roosevelt snubbed me. He never talked to me. And he invited everyone to the White House, but he didn't invite me. This is the Democrat Party. That and a hundred more facts that you'll find. And the Democrat Party hates America. Want to go further, Mr. Producer? Is this helping? Eugenics was something the so-called progressives were pushing and pushing hard. Why? Because these Marxists believe in the perfection of society through experts. But society could never be as perfect as the progressives wanted as long as there were people they believed who were inferior in positions that they didn't think they should be in. You want a more perfect society? You got to clean up the population. Woodrow Wilson was not alone in this regard, but he was the president. And he and his fellow Democrats, Margaret Sanger of Planned Parenthood, supported eugenics to use against, quote, idiots, other people. And blacks. Want to hear more? When he was president of Princeton University, he bragged that not a single black was admitted to Princeton when he was president of Princeton. You want to hear more? Republicans before Woodrow Wilson, Theodore Roosevelt, Howard Taft desegregated the federal government Desegregated the military. You know who resegregated them? A Democrat, Woodrow Wilson. Anybody been taught this? Woodrow Wilson blocked blacks from getting senior positions in the federal government. In fact, he forced most of them out. And any black person who wanted a position in the civil service for the first time ever photographs were required to be presented along with resumes. Gee, I wonder why? Oh, I got a million of them. But not right now. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. All I can do is this enormous amount of research and try and lay it out in a compelling and interesting way and put it between two covers and give it a name and offer it to you. It's called a book. I can't do anything more than that. And... I'm just concerned. I'm just concerned that people don't really know what we're dealing with the Democrat Party. People think we know, but we don't. But you will. Those of you who have pre-ordered, I want to thank you. Because obviously, you're still engaged, even though it's summertime, even though there's a thousand other things going on. But when you look at what's going on in this country... Losing it is an understatement. Losing it is an understatement. Or more than losing it, in many ways we've lost it. We now have a bureaucracy that tells us how to cook our food. We now have a bureaucracy that tells us where we're going to live, what kind of homes we're going to have. Single-family homes are going to be banned. The combustion engine is going to be banned. We now have a bureaucracy telling us what kind of automobile we can have. One day they're going to tell us we can't have an automobile. You see the slippery slope. We are going down that slope at hypersonic speed. And one day it'll be too late. <coughs> Excuse me. One day it'll be just too late. It'll be too late because the Democrats are going to control all the instrumentalities of government, all the instrumentalities of the culture, which they do now. They're going to control social media. They're going to control speech, which they're working on diligently right now. There won't be a court in the land that will be independent anymore. So you can sue all you want, it won't matter. And in the first chapter of this book, I compare the United States to what takes place in communist China and fascistic Russia. This book isn't written for the left, and you're going to see some similarities that are going to scare the hell out of you. That are going to scare the hell out of you. You know, they have elections too over there but they know who's going to win in advance so they pretend they pretend they're having elections but they don't have elections we're about an eyelash away from that with what's taking place what took place in the last election this is why you're not allowed to talk about it this is why they're trying to destroy the careers of lawyers who litigated against it 
Every allegation wasn't accurate. Some of them were quite cockamamie, but some of them were significant, particularly on the law and the Constitution. So the electoral process is a mess. It's going to get worse. And really, for the Democrats, this is just the icing on the cake. Why? All these changes that are being imposed on you right now, all these costs, now all of a sudden your washing machine's not good enough, your dishwasher's not good enough, your air conditioning unit, your, uh, your, your uh, water heater's not good enough, the combustion engine is not good. Where are these coming from? Bureaucrats. You didn't vote for this. Your representatives didn't do this. But they've changed our constitutional system to an unconstitutional system with the help of the courts. But it all started pretty much under FDR, but it's really hit hyperspeed right now. When you read this book, you're going to find out who exactly Biden met with, who's advising him on a regular basis. You'll be shocked. What's motivating this guy? But I've turned to my wife, who's standing here, and I say to her, I don't think that even my audience is going gonna, is gonna to jump into this. Summertime, many people are dispirited. They see what's being done to Donald Trump. They see what happened to the people on January 6th. I'm talking about peaceful protesters. Many of you are frightened. So this whole project might be for naught. Maybe I'll get out of the writing business. Maybe I'll get out of the whole damn business. Unfortunately, I am soaked in this stuff every day and all night. Every day and all night. Maybe I'll start writing novels. I don't think I can, but I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll just get lost in things like everybody else. But I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I fought hard to get enough copies of this book so each and every one of you can get one. <clears throat> I fought hard to make sure retailers would carry would carry it to make it convenient for you. I promoted it early because I know how the Amazon algorithm works. The more pre-orders you get, the better the discount. So that's going on. I've decided to do three book signings, and I should tell you, I don't... I love doing the book signings, but it's... It can be a dangerous situation, if you understand what I mean. It's not, it's not as easy as it used to be. Let me put it to you that way. I'm going to do some TV interviews. I'm not going to do as many as I normally do. I'm just not. <clears throat> you think, my wife is standing here, and then the cynical... People out there, well, that's your wife. No, she's very tough on me, on my books. The only one as tough as me. So when I'm done, I ask her every time. 
I asked her about American Marxism. I said, I don't know. This might be too complicated. She said, no, this is important. And on this one, I get advice from her and so forth. She insists it's the best book I've ever written. Ever. But I don't think the early sales are indicating that much excitement over it. Look, I tell you folks everything. On the nonfiction side, our early sales are beating everybody else. Blowing them away. But they're not at a standard that I think is necessary to engage this enemy, the Democrat Party. I've talked about this before, and I'm not the first to say it. Philosophers have been saying it for 5,000 years. Ideas have consequences. So-called climate change is a degrowth movement. It's a communist movement. It's an idea at first. Half a century ago. And here it is. Ruling and ruining our lives. Marxism was an idea. An idea. 100 million people lost their lives with billions enslaved. It starts out as an idea. The American experiment is an idea. The constitutional system, checks and balances, separation of powers to ensure what's happening to our country today wouldn't happen to our country today. It starts out as an idea. I said to a friend of mine today, he's an Uber driver, but he's a friend, and I said to him, what does the Democrat Party build? I don't mean redistributing wealth, infrastructure, so what does it build that's lasting, that's humane, that promotes unalienable rights. What is it built? Builds nothing. What would this country be like today if there was never a Democrat party? We wouldn't have had a civil war. We wouldn't have segregation for a hundred years. We wouldn't have had eugenics. And I can go down the list. It'd be a much different country, much better country. So shouldn't they be held accountable? Shouldn't they be responsible for it? And listen to this Kamala Harris. Not only is she lying about DeSantis, but how dare her get up there and not at least say, my party was responsible for slavery in the United States of America for at least its persistence. Why doesn't she at least admit that? Or so many of the other horrors that have taken place in this country as a result of the Democrat Party. We cannot allow this to continue anymore. An anti-black racism, now an anti-white racism. Anti-Semitism in the 30s and 40s, anti-Semitism today. Now it pushes an economic Marxist movement. It's behind it. Not us. 
Not the average citizen. Goes to work every day and breaks their ass. Ideas of consequences. Their ideas are impoverishing us. In the past, they've killed us. They're destroying our society. Their ideas have created more murder in the streets. More drug cartel activity. More sex trafficking on the border. That's their ideas. Those aren't our ideas. Wherever they rule, it's worse. Nobody wants to be in the big cities anymore, unless they have to be. Or unless they take chances. Nobody's going to walk down a main street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in Detroit, Michigan, in Los Angeles, California, in Chicago, Illinois, at midnight or one in the morning. Unless they're out of their minds. Whether you're black, white, or in between, unless you're out of your mind. You're not even going to drive a car down these streets because you don't want to be hijacked. What's that all about? The Democrat Party puts power above people. Puts power above country. Puts their party above everything else. That's what communist slash Marxist parties do. They are the country. It's their way or the highway. And so you have a couple of knucklehead professors here, which I'll get to, who say that Biden should ignore the court when it's in agreement. That is tyranny. They're preaching it. Their tenure should be yanked. Instead, they're celebrated as deep thinkers. There's nothing deep about them. In my view, they're evil. But they believe that. Look at these hearings. FBI whistleblowers, IRS whistleblowers, material witnesses, facts, texts, emails, laptops. Democrat Party doesn't want to hear a thing about it because it will take their man down. And their man, who has the IQ of a kumquat, is surrounded by Marxists, Obama types, who believe in, quote-unquote, fundamentally transforming America. And Biden does too, because he's figured out that's how he became president. Throw in with this crowd. When he became a senator, throw in with the Southern segregationists. Today it's throw in with the Northeastern Marxists. And if that means you go without the combustion engine in your car or we're no longer energy independent and you're paying a hell of a lot for energy or food. If that means your communities are going to be destroyed by HUD. If that means you're inconvenienced, too damn bad. Too damn bad. Anyway, it's a long way of saying I hope you'll take a look at this book. I hope you get your pre-orders and it's 40% off. I can only be here three hours a day, five days a week. But you can get lost in this book and keep it on your shelf and pass it to every family member you have. Ideas of consequences. We don't get our ideas out there, it's over. It's that simple. If it's somebody else writing books like this, then tell me who they are. If somebody else has a book like this out there, let me know who it is. I'll promote the hell out of them. But they don't. Mark 
להבין. You are listening to the best of Mark Levin. I hear people say, very complicated what happened in federal court today in Wilmington, Delaware. With the federal judge there. Very complicated. Everything, everything blew up. The sweetheart deal and so forth. <coughs> the judge's name is Mary Ellen Norica. And as we're reminded over and over again, she was appointed by President Trump. And as I remind you over and over again, at the district court level, that's the federal trial court level, level a president makes these appointments, but has to make the appointment with the support of the senators in their state. Or they can withhold their support and block a nomination forever. So it is a Trump appointee in Joe Biden's state. And so Biden, or his people, the two fake senators from Delaware had to go along with it. But So that's neither here nor there. So what happened today? This judge, whomever she is, whatever her background, put her foot down. She did something that not a single federal judge in Washington, D.C. has done. Not one. And more on that later, too. Because those judges are in the tank for the Department of Justice. They're in the tank for the government. They're in the tank for the Bidens, effectively. Some of them are Republicans. But they come out of the Department of Justice, and these are their buddies. And they're very upset with Trump. And so they are constantly ruling against Trump and ruling against his people. But most of these cases wind up in front of, but not exclusively, Obama-appointed judges. There's, there's a Trump-appointed judge there in D.C. who's a complete Department of Justice hack. Complete hack. Again, more later. We have discussed this phony deal at length on this show. That's why I take the time, sometimes an hour, sometimes two, three shows to go over these things. That's what I do. Because I want to be educating people about what's taking place and what's going to take place. The Hunter Biden deal was an effort to cover up, then censor, then kill any investigation into Joe Biden. The question is, when will Merrick Garland and the other Obama-Biden Marxists who run the DOJ be directly exposed and held to account? There's been no talk today, lots of talk, lots of it good, but no talk today about senior officials at the Department of Justice, and that has to be Merrick Garland, Lisa Monaco, the Deputy Attorney General, the head of the Criminal Division as well, the Director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, more on him later. They all had to be in on it. They all had to be in on it because David Weiss, this guy they keep talking about, he reports to Merrick Garland. He doesn't have an independent power. Garland says, oh yes he does, I gave it to him. 
No, but you didn't appoint him as a special counsel, so you didn't give him independent power. There's nothing in writing. So the question is, when will Merrick Garland and the other Obama-Biden Marxists who run the Department of Justice be directly exposed and held to account? These mob lawyers are destroying our country. Now, this deal never made sense to anyone. You don't have to be a lawyer. It was a brazen mob deal. And our noses were rubbed in it, despite the best efforts of the corrupt Democrat Party and the corrupt Democrat Party media to run interference yet again. Now, the deal called for no jail time for tax evasion. No jail time for tax evasion or perjury on a gun application. He committed perjury when he signed that gun application. And he committed tax fraud. Now, over at CNN, the legal analysts, MSLSD, the legal analysts, New York Slimes, Washington Con, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, even pled to a misdemeanor. You never do that in a tax case. These people are liars. They are the worst. The worst. Merrick Garland also let the statute of limitations run on tax fraud committed by Hunter Biden, covering $1.5 million in income for tax years 2014 and 2015. He paid no federal income taxes. The statute of limitations ran. It ran while they they knew the time was ticking. And so he didn't pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in income taxes. He got away scot-free. And he's never going to pay. Any explanation for that? Only one. The mob lawyers. Meanwhile, the Department of Justice said that the investigation was ongoing. Thereby attempting to prevent any effort by Congress, we talked about this, to look into any aspect of the investigation and the deal. The judge asked, well, then what's still being investigated? This, this proposed plea immunizes him from everything and anything. And by the way, why does it do that? To cover up for Joe Biden. The prosecutors reluctantly admitted that Farah, you know, you're supposed to register as a foreign agent, They use this against Republicans like Manafort. Well, why didn't they use it against Hunter? Well, we might. The judge said, you might. He just said this is an immunity deal, effectively. This is the end of it. So one side of your mouth, you're telling me, the court, that the case is over, that there's nothing else to investigate. It's all done. It's kaput. And on the other side of your mouth, you're telling me you're still conducting an investigation. For what and to what end? She's the one who brought up Farah, by the way. The answer is the deal would immunize Hunter from any further investigations, thereby, you know, immunizing Joe Biden because there's no separate investigation of Joe Biden. That's number one. There will be no Farah charges brought against Hunter Biden under the deal. That's number two. Number three, Merrick Garland 
was going to hold firm and not appoint a special counsel to investigate Joe Biden. So everything's done. It's all over. doesn't matter. You had IRS whistleblowers subsequent to this deal. The Department of Justice didn't say, wait a minute, we got more information. No, remember, it was DOJ that shut those whistleblowers down. That's why they became whistleblowers. They interfered in the IRS investigation. all make sense? Because that's what happened. The individuals at DOJ responsible for this, Garland and the others, must be held to account. Because I have to tell you, the level of corruption here is beyond anything we've ever seen. And I don't doubt for a second that the White House is involved. Why wouldn't they be? They have a Pravda media that will support them. They will defend them no matter what. And they're MAGA Republicans, you know. They have a Democrat party that will back them no matter what. And of course, they run the Department of Justice through their mob lawyers. They can say and do whatever they want. So why wouldn't Joe Biden behind the scenes give his opinion to Merrick Garland or more? This is what we're up against. So when you have a brave judge, doesn't mean I'll agree with everything she does, but certainly here I do. You have a brave judge who puts her foot down and says, no, 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 I'm, I'm not signing my name to this. Because she smells a rat. She knows this is uh, absolute corruption right to the core. Washington goes, oh, my God, we've never seen anything like this. We don't know anything about this. I want to remind you on this gun charge where Biden says he's for gun control. Hunter was charged with possession of a firearm by a person who is a known drug user. That's a felony. He had a Colt Cobra, 38 Special, for 11 days in October 2018. But he did more than that. He waved it around in public. He threw it in a trash can not far from a school. He had it retrieved later. No big deal, right? Yeah, there's a big deal. It's a very big deal. They're hiring 87,000 new IRS agents to do what? To harass you and me? Hunter Biden didn't pay taxes for several years, and he got away with it because of DOJ. That's not a big deal either, right? So it's a tax fraud. He owns a gun illegally. Two things the Democrats are always beating their chests about. And yet their president's son has done both and more. And more. So the deal is dead. The judge ordered the two parties to get back together and get back to her in 60 days. And my theory is that tomorrow or very soon, it's been expected, but sooner than later, The next shoe will drop with the mob lawyers at the Department of Justice will drop the charges on January 6th against Trump. And the DA in Atlanta is watching all this too. She's a political hack. And she will act soon too. To divert the public's attention, certainly the media's attention, 
And I know for sure that the phony special counsel's office monitors all this because they live and die by the press. They leak incessantly. And even more than that, remember they sent a letter, a notice letter, a target letter to Donald Trump's lawyers two Sunday nights ago about January 6th. You don't send those letters on Sunday night. So they're looking at the calendar, they're watching the media, they're giggling among themselves when their stories are regurgitated by the media, by the Maggie Habermans of the world, as they were before, during the phony Russia collusion, phony investigations. So the judge in Wilmington has done the opposite of what the judges in Washington, D.C. do. The judges in Wilmington, the judge in Wilmington, stood up to the mob. The judges in D.C. are part of the mob. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. We're going to have an incredible guest Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, at least one. But I have to wait till Friday to tell you. Why? You know the backbenchers. So we'll just wait. We'll be patient. And this is what I wanted to tell you in the first hour, but we ran out of time. I've gone through the backgrounds, the history of many of the people surrounding Jack Smith, the special counsel, so-called, in the Trump matters. And uh, it's not that easy. There's some information, but you really got to pull teeth. Judicial Watch has sued the special counsel for an entire list of their staff, and they won't provide it, Uh, and for good reason, because they're covering up even that. Keep a few things in mind. The purpose of a special counsel is to break out an investigation from a Justice Department to create an independent investigative operation that has no ties to the existing administration and the Justice Department. And to keep it from the Attorney General, even though the special counsel reports to the Attorney General, uh, the special counsel gives deference Excuse me, the Attorney General gives deference to the special counsel. That's the way it's supposed to work. That's the way it has worked, except now. Now, we spent the first hour, and hell, we've spent months talking about this Hunter Biden stuff. So you see how thoroughly corrupt this administration and their Department of Justice is. But it's worse than you know. And I'm going to spend some time on this on Sunday. Why was Jack Smith appointed special counsel? Does anybody know? We know what the purpose was. But how was he plucked out of everyone else? How did that happen? Does anybody know? I know. The Deputy Attorney General of the United States, I've told you about her before, her name is Lisa Monaco. She held many positions in the Obama Justice Department. She is a bomb thrower, a radical leftist. Deputy Attorney General of the United States. Well, 
She has what's called an associate deputy attorney general, her top assistant, who she appointed to serve her. His name is Marshall Miller. Who's Marshall Miller? doesn't much matter. But Marshall Miller worked with Jack Smith in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Brooklyn for many years. And they're friends. So as the story goes, it was the Deputy Attorney General's top aide, line prosecutor, who recommended Jack Smith. And they recommended Jack Smith to Merrick Garland, who then appointed him. That's number one. Number two, more on Jack Smith. As you know, Jack Smith was in charge of the public integrity section from 2010 to 2015. At the time, Eric Holder was attorney general. That's right. Eric Holder was attorney general. That appointment came from Eric Holder. Now, Jack Smith was involved in many highly political investigations and many failures, including some Democrats. He oversaw the Internal Revenue Service targeting of the Tea Party, gave advice to Lois Lerner on what he thought could be criminal activity. And she took that advice and she went after the Tea Party and did grave damage to the Tea Party in order to help Barack Obama. Of course, they blamed a couple of agents in Cincinnati, but that's not what happened. Smith, as head of the public integrity section, oversaw the prosecutions of Virginia Governor McDonald, New Jersey Senator Menendez, and former presidential candidate John Edwards' cases. He lost the Menendez case because he tried to rewrite the definition of bribery and the jury would have nothing to do with it. He lost the Edwards case because he tried to rewrite the definition of a federal financial contribution. The jury would have nothing to do with it. He lost the Governor McDonald case because the Supreme Court ruled 8-0. to zero. He, rewrote, he rewrote that bribery statute too and they said that doesn't fly. As the head of the public integrity section, his, his service overlapped in significant part with FBI Director Comey. And he worked with Comey and Comey with him. As you can imagine, they use the FBI in the public integrity section and the FBI goes to the public integrity section for help. He also worked with FBI General Counsel, you may have heard of this guy, Andrew Weissman. Part of the Mueller investigation, commentator on TV, hardcore left-wing Democrat. Now, what's interesting so far, Eric Holder comments constantly on the fantastic job that Jack Smith and Merrick Garland and the others are doing. The question is, has he had any role behind the scenes whatsoever? It's clear that these people are known to Eric Holder, and some of them are more than just known, but were associates. And the same goes with Jim Comey who thinks that everything fantastic is going on right now with Jack Smith and so forth. These are people he knows and he's worked with closely. But it gets worse. The chief judge 
of all the district-level judges in Washington, D.C., who retired recently, her name, Judge Beryl Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L. And as the chief judge, she was in charge of all the motions filings respecting the two grand juries that were investigating Trump. Trump lost every single motion that he, his lawyers filed, and the government won every single motion that they filed. Well, who is she? She's a radical leftist appointed by Obama, and she worked 10 years on Capitol Hill for Patrick Leahy from 1993 to 2003. That's who Judge Beryl was, and is Judge Beryl Howell. And minutes before she left office and retired, she issued her secret opinion, obviously secret, so we don't have it, unless the government thought they could leak it, denying President Trump attorney-client privilege and awarding Smith um, access to Trump's lead documents lawyer and all the notes that he took. And that served as the basis for all the charges against Trump. That is a huge, huge Fifth Amendment violation, which I'm sure Trump's lawyers will, will address in a motion at some point. How can they not? Who else? David Harbaugh, H-A-R-B-A-C-H. He's former special counsel to FBI Director James Comey, Mr. Producer. He is Jack Smith's, one of his right-hand hatchet men. Another Comey guy. He was also a former top official to Jack Smith when he was in the public integrity section. He's a hitman. He actually prosecuted the McDonald, Edwards, Menendez's, even the Renzi case too. He was the guy. And he was in the courtroom in Florida last week in front of the judge lying to her. Then we have somebody named Jay Bratt. Jay Bratt's with, been with the Department of Justice a very, very... By the way, does this sound like an independent special counsel so far to you, Mr. Producer? Then we have Jay Bratt, chief of the counterintelligence and blah, blah, blah section. Former assistant U.S. attorney, of course, in Washington, D.C. He was directly involved in the Mar-a-Lago raid. He was there during the initial document search. He's the one that said they needed to get another lock on the door. He supported the search warrants, argued for them, argued for the FBI SWAT team raid when FBI agents, several of them, opposed it. And he's now accused of extortion by a prominent attorney representing the co-defendant in the documents case. That is now under secret review by the Obama judge who replaced the other Obama judge. He was in the Florida courtroom lying through his teeth to Judge Cannon as well. So that's Bratt and Harbaugh. Julie Edelstein is a deputy to Brat, and she interned for Representative Benny Thompson, Mr. Producer. But, you know, we don't want an appearance of a conflict, America. There's a guy by the name of Raymond Hustler. Oh, yes. He's also very well known to Jack Smith since he was his deputy in the public integrity section. And he hired Habak. Involved in the McDonnell-Edwards-Menendez cases. 
They were all involved in the Renzi case, too, as I understand it. So Hustler is back on the case. Timothy DeRay, D-U-R-E-E, he donated to the Biden campaign in 2020. Didn't recuse himself. Just a de minimis amount. What's the problem? So he should have been out? Edelstein should have been out? Judge Howell is a hack who's left. Then who is Mary Dorman, D-O-H-R-M-A-N, another prosecutor in the independent counsel's office. She clerked for former Chief Judge Beryl Howell, Mr. Producer. Should she not have recused herself? I know, your eyes are glazing over. This is just amazing. It's sickening, actually. And there's more. I'm going to get into this heavy duty on Sunday. On Life, Liberty, and Levin. I can only do so much on radio. And Chris Way. Ray. Christopher Ray. Do you know Christopher Ray was Assistant Attorney General for the Criminal Division during part of the Bush administration? Did you know that, Mr. Producer? That's how he got to know Chris Christie, who was a fledgling U.S. attorney in New Jersey. And, of course, friends with Ray, and they defend each other. Do you know who appointed Andrew Weissman as the head of the Enron Task Force? Christopher Ray. You can see the incestuous relationships here. If I went to the full judiciary in the District of Columbia, you would see even more incestuous relationships, how many of these judges come right out of the Department of Justice, are very familiar with many of these people, have worked with several of them. You would see that too. That is exactly why Jack Smith violated Department of Justice regulations. When he had a grand jury in Washington, D.C. on the documents case, in the wrong venue, when all the activity took place in South Florida. That's where Mar-a-Lago is. That's where the documents were. That's where Trump was. That's where the video were. So why is he doing a grand jury in Washington, D.C., rather than in Florida? Why do you think that grand jury was made up of Democrats? 93% of the city of Washington, D.C. voted against Trump. So he uses a grand jury to bring charges against Trump, (coughs) then moves it to Florida. That wasn't a mistake. That was intentional because he's a sleazeball. He's a mobster. He's a hitman. And I can assure you, I don't talk to these lawyers. I don't even know who they are. But I can assure you Trump's lawyers aren't stupid based on the transcript that Julie Kelly sent me and that I reviewed. And they're going to be in that courtroom at some point to move for the entire case to be thrown out. You don't pick grand juries in one city and then a trial jury in another. You don't forum shop that way. Or there'd be no end to it. But it demonstrates how this has been politicized in the worst way. Look at all these hacks. Look at the relationships among them. And it took me four or five hours to get it done. You're telling me the New York Times doesn't know about this? The Washington Post doesn't know? Nobody knows? Well, how did I figure it out? The whole world knows now, and you'll know more on Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And all you backbenchers and plagiarists, 
Keep your stupid hands on the off this stuff. You don't understand how to explain it. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. Well, you know by now, of course, listen to this program, the federal district judge in Wilmington, Delaware, among other things, specifically asked the government, what ongoing investigation? You're giving him immunity, Hunter Biden, from everything for everything, despite the fact that he's only pleading to a tax case and a gun case. Then, of course, all hell broke Luke on that, loose on that and other matters. And then we have legal analysts out there who've all hopped on this, and they've all said, I told you this would be the big issue. Actually, they didn't. This is one of the issues of many issues that we discussed here that he might be liable for. Big issue, small issue, or no issue. But I want to take it a step further. Here's uh, Jonathan Turley, very smart guy. Real clear politics, scribing what he, he said to Julian Turner on Fox. During the course of this, she said, I think the crucial question, at least in a lot of people's minds, is whether what these unusual proceedings corroborate or at least substantiate the claims from critics over the last few weeks that this plea deal was a sweetheart deal, excuse me, to begin with. Now, God knows we've talked about it here, we've talked about it on TV, we've talked about it everywhere. Jonathan Turley. I think it does support that view. The problem with the plea agreement is you can't actually type in wink and nod, right? I mean, the problem with this agreement is that the judge read it and said, what is this? And part of the obligation of the court is to make sure that the defendant and the government are very clear on what the agreement means. And they weren't. And it broke down with the most basic questions. That was, what was so surprising here is that these are the types of questions as a defense counsel you work out with prosecutors in advance. Let me stop here. These judges are not monks. They're watching the news. They're listening to radio. They know that there's a lot of questions about this deal that simply don't add up. You knew there were a lot of questions about this deal that don't add up. He says she basically asked one question and the whole darn thing fell apart. And so the question now is, where do you go from here? It's like a wedding where both the bride and the groom objected and everyone else is sitting there saying, wait. How did we get here, and where do we go from here? Turner, I know, you know, you don't know. Right, why? Just reading what it says. But why did they end up here? Why did they get to this point in this courtroom today where they didn't agree on what they actually agreed on? Turley, I think part of the problem is they really did want to cap out the cases. No, let me tell you why. And then I'll continue. I said it last night. Because the government's getting everything it wants from the district courts in Washington, D.C. Because almost every one of those judges come out of Maine justice. They know each other. They know the prosecutors. They know the assistant attorneys general. They know all these people. Plus, Many of the cases are going before these radical Democrats appointed by Obama and Clinton to the court. 
And so my point to you last night, and I'll repeat it today, is the federal judges that are not in Washington, who are not from Maine Justice, they're far more skeptical about the Department of Justice, Maine Justice, Federal Bureau of Investigation, and the special counsel in the case of the Trump attacks. That's why. This judge never worked at Maine Justice, and she's a judge in Wilmington, Delaware. Charlie, I think part of the problem is they really did want to cap out the case, which is true. The Department of Justice wanted to cap this investigation, but they didn't want to say that it was now over. From the beginning, the Hunter Biden team said this is a closeout plea agreement. There would be nothing left to investigate. But the department is telling Congress we're not going to give you these witnesses or these documents because there's an ongoing investigation. We talked about that. That didn't make any sense. He gets immunity from everything else, but at the same time, they're saying that uh, the case is over. You can't do both things when a judge is asking you to specifically address whether this is a closeout or a continuing investigation. That's the truth. But I think in the Washington, D.C. courtrooms, they expected a rubber stamp and they expected one from this judge. Because that's what they've been getting in all the Trump cases. That's what they've been getting in all the on the challenges. But it's not the D.C. courthouse. It's the Wilmington, Delaware courthouse. Or it's the Fort Pierce, Florida courthouse. Curley says, this is a big problem. This was all supposed supposed to be scripted. True. It's all supposed to be easy. This is why to have a a judge with integrity. Who's really going to look at the law, really going to try and look at what's taking place, makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. That's the lesson from this. That we count on a judiciary that is truly filled with people of virtue. That's what we count on. To be a check on the prosecutors and a check on the Department of Justice. We haven't had that up till now. Turley goes on. And if he, here we go. Because the judge has raised the one charge that the White House most fears, which is the chance that Hunter Biden was a foreign agent. If he was a foreign agent, the question is, foreign agent for who? And for what purpose? The president was that purpose. If you're influence peddling, peddling it's influence over the president. So if you go for FARA, it's going to bring all this stuff in, including some of these tax accounts for 2014 and 2015 that the Department of Justice allowed to run, allowed the statute of limitations to expire. All of that can get bootstrapped into a FARA issue. The whole purpose of this deal is collapsing as we're watching it, and it's taken Washington by utter surprise. I was on the Hill talking with the members, and everyone was floored. Okay. Which is why the Department of Justice, when it goes back to this court, I think it's 30 days or 60 days, It's going to do everything it can to work out another deal with Hunter Biden that may well include FARA. Okay, you violated FARA. Maybe you'll do a few months, or maybe you'll do a fine, or maybe we'll do something. But what's the real exposure here? The Department of Justice is not going to indict Joe Biden. 
because it's long-standing department policy under Republican and Democrat attorneys general that you cannot indict a sitting president. You can't even force a sitting president to testify in a criminal trial. You can force a sitting president to testify in a civil trial if he's the subject of a civil lawsuit. The Supreme Court has settled on that. But you cannot force the president to testify in a criminal trial. Unless, of course, he's killed somebody on the street, in which case that raises even more complex issues. But we needn't go there because that's not what happened. Let me tell you what the big issue is here. Because this Department of Justice, under no circumstances, is going to be able to, even if it could, drag the President of the United States into a courtroom. Does it sound like Attorney General Garland's willing to do that? Have you seen any evidence of that whatsoever? He won't appoint a special counsel in this case in order to prevent the door from being thrown wide open. Joe Biden is a co-conspirator in the violation of Farah by his son on multiple occasions his son flew on a jet Air Force Two with him and that was done to help facilitate his business transactions with foreign governments and front corporations the multiple times it is said that Joe Biden was sitting with his son when he was making threats to officials and others in foreign lands for shakedowns. Joe Biden was helping to facilitate to facilitate Hunter Biden's activities. Congress already has all this information. That is, these committees have done a hell of a job. They've already pulled the teeth. So they don't have to show that Joe Biden received a nickel, Mr. Producer. Not a nickel. We know that Hunter Biden received millions of nickels, tens of millions of dollars. They also have Information from witnesses, like Bob Alinsky, among others. We're going to hear from Devin Archer on Monday. They also have schedule information on how often Joe Biden met with Hunter Biden's business partners and others. The case against Joe Biden as a co-conspirator assisting his son to violate the FARA is overwhelming. But Mark, you just said they're not going to charge him. That it's a, that's correct. It should be the absolute first article in the list of articles of impeachment against Joe Biden because it is compelling It is bulletproof. There is no speculation. You don't need evidence that Joe Biden took a nickel. 
He's a co-conspirator for his son, who took tens of millions. Now, by the way, if they investigate and find more, that's perfectly fine by me. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But they have Joe Biden dead to rights for impeachment. Right now, as I speak. Dead to rights. <laughs> 